So Tom always said every day was the best day ever. And even whenever he went through diagnosis and he went through um, the, the final stages of cancer um, until he was uh, just a couple of days out from passing, he would mouth to his family when they asked him how he's doing, today's the best day ever. He had a positive attitude knowing his days were numbered, but he always said it's the best day ever. And I'm inspired by that. He taught me to look at each day like that. So um, that's what I'm here to help you with. No matter what you're going through, uh, try as hard as you can to count your blessings, not the negative that's going on in your life. And when you wake up, say, I'm going to make today the best day ever. Welcome to The Best Day Ever with Vanessa Broussard. It truly is the best day. We hope you're having a great day and have a lot of planned for the rest of the day, afternoon, and evening. Today, I am so honored to be joined by Elizabeth Constantino, who has a story to tell so many of you who we hope you can find inspiration, faith, and uh, work ethic uh, to go through uh, whatever you're going through in a positive way and know that the best is yet to come. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So you're a mother of two, a single mother, and this all started years ago with your children's father. Uh, walk us through what happened uh, before your first pregnancy. Um, so the first time he ever physically abused me was just a few days before I found out I was pregnant with our oldest son. Um, at that time, I said, I can't do this. I grew up in an abusive home, and I'm not obviously going to stay in a relationship where there's physical abuse. So a couple of days later, I found out that I was pregnant with our oldest, and I did a lot of praying, and I just thought, okay, this is the first time he's put his hands on me. I'm going to give it a shot. He said, it's not going to happen again. We're now having a, you know, a child. So I have to, at least I felt put forth that effort. And of course it doesn't get better. It progressively gets worse. And then right after our son's first birthday was the night that he almost killed me. And it was the night I left for good. I thought he was going to take my life and take our, our son's lives. He locked us in a bedroom and strangled me. And he is a 240 pound Marine. So he was a big guy. And it was at that moment I said, you know what? I have to leave. So I left. And like many stories, you're never really done until you're really done. So even though the judge had put a no contact order on us because we had gone to court for the domestic abuse, I still saw him one time. And in that one time I became pregnant with our youngest which was a huge shock because you don't think it's gonna happen in one time, but it can happen in one time. So after that was when he started stalking me because I had told him, I'm not, I can't do this, obviously. You know, he started showing up at my house. He would tell me, I know when your sister's there, I know when she's not there, I'm watching your parking lot. And it got so bad that I had to contact my leasing office and tell them, you know, this is becoming a very dangerous situation. So they were kind enough. They let me out of my lease. I moved out immediately and back in with my mom because I figured at least there's another set of eyes on us. If something happens, it's not, I haven't heard from her for a day and a half. I hope everything's okay. I have another adult in the house with me just to make sure we're okay. So we went to court for the stalking 
and he was sentenced to a year in jail. So I'm going through my pregnancy, he's in jail, and he's contacting me nonstop. He's calling me four times a day from the jail. I can't block him. I can't, I'm, what do I do about this? You know, I'm like, he's already doing all of this. He's in jail for stalking and he's going to continue to harass me. So that's when I filed for a PPO against him, which was granted. And the one thing I want to say to women about a PPO is that illusion that they're safe. That in actuality, that's one of the most dangerous times because you put your guard down. And when you're not paying attention, that's when they strike. So we go back to court. He tells the judge, I made a mistake with my oldest son. I wasn't around. I haven't been the father I want to be. I really do want to make changes. I can't make those changes while I'm in jail. I can't. Well, I'm going to miss the birth. I'm going to miss the first six months of his life. So the judge lets him out of jail. He says, okay, you know, he, he was really coy and very convincing. So he gets out of jail and he has seen our youngest son three times. He's not on the birth certificate. He refused paternity and avoided getting tested for a year and a half and has basically been no part of either of his children's lives. So he used his youngest son as a tool in the courts to get out of jail early, almost like his get out of jail free card, and then has had no contact basically with them since. It's been five years this month since he's seen either of his children. Let's go back to your pregnancies, you know, because stress and heartache and worry, that can affect you as well as a pregnant woman. And so what was going through your mind when you were pregnant the second time and he's in jail? I was so worried that I was going to miscarry, honestly, because on top of that, I was working full time as a server. Plus I had a toddler. So the stress of everything compounded, it was unbearable most nights. I didn't really have a safety net to fall on. My mom has been amazing. She, we still live with her and she watches my kids while I'm at work for me and has honestly, I would not be where I am today without her, her help. But the rest of my family wasn't so helpful. So in the darkest time of my life, when I really needed, you know, my sister to reach out to, to be able to call, it was, I had no one. And I just remember sitting in my townhouse, crying and praying and saying, Lord, I know you have a plan. I know that this situation is a result of my doing, my sinful behavior, because I decided to step out of what, what I know is the right way to live. But I also know you're going to be with me every single step of the way. I know that I can rely on you. But it was beyond hard. Every, every shift I worked, I was holding back tears. The owner, she uh, was amazing. Her name's Gretchen Carhart. She just passed away. She was the uh, heiress of Carhart. She would look at me and say, what's wrong? What's wrong? And it was like my grandma talking to me and I would break down and I just, it, I was a mess. I, I was very grateful for the grace that I was shown at my job because it was a really hard time in my life. It was beyond stressful and scary. And I didn't know what was going to happen at the next turn. I didn't know what he was going to pull in the courts. I didn't, I knew what he was capable of physically. So when was he going to strike again for that? So there was so many different fears hitting me at once that the only thing I could do was pray. And that's, it's not the only thing I could do. That's the best thing that I could do. That's really the best option that I had. And here I am six years later and I'm working a job that I love. I'm working my way up in my company and making salary and able to provide insurance for my children. and and doing good. So it, it's been the hardest struggle of my life, but I've really learned what I'm capable of and, and who I am as a mother. So it's, it's been amazing. 
Yes, it is amazing. And so is God. He never lets you down and he will answer. Oh, God is good all the time and all the time he is good. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's talk about, um, he has access. It's unfortunate that your children's father is not part of their lives. But in this case, if he's not a good person, um, you almost don't want him to be around because that could affect your children. Yes. I always say it's easier to raise healthy boys than to heal damaged boys. And they don't know about their dad. If you ask them, you know, where's your dad? They just, they say, I don't have a dad, but it's not in a sad way. Cause I know it affects them, but just in day-to-day -day life, they know it as my dad wasn't ready to be a dad. My mom's always wanted to be a mom and was ready to be a mom. So my dad said, you know what? You can love on them every single day because I know how much you love them. So that's all that they really know about our situation. And I'm blessed for that because growing up, I was in the middle of my parents' divorce and I heard things that no child should hear. And I was put through things no child should be put through. So I lived by the motto, don't ever get children involved in grown adults' business. Even if they're 20 years old, that's still their parents and it's still not their business. And second of all, don't ever put anything on your children's plate that they aren't able to solve because you're going to put a problem where they're going to stress themselves out, not knowing how can I fix this for mom? How can I make this better for mom? What, what can I do? But that's not their job. And that's not, they're not able to fix it for you. So they don't need to know that, you know, it's, I'm the one who put them in this position. So I just, you know, I may step away and cry every once in a while, but they get the best mom that they could get. And and we're blessed. They, they know the only person that loves them more than mom is Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, um, good for you to to notice and be aware of what you went through as a making sure that your children are not going through this uh, as well. So um, that's very good that you're keeping them in a safe environment and that you are loving them. All right. And so let's let's talk about that for all of the single moms out there who struggle. I'm a single mom. Uh, my husband passed away with this little toddler. I'm raising by myself. But you mentioned your mom being, you know, your helping hand. She's my helping hand. But it's hard being a single mom. Yes, it's it's the hardest job. It's not for the weak. That's for sure. It's not for the weak, and especially two boys, because I've learned with two boys, life is a competition and life is a big WrestleMania. So it's always nonstop. But all the single moms out there, you can do it. You, you're you not, at first, you doubt yourself. You doubt yourself so much, but you've also never been in this position before. So you don't have anything to fall back on to know times in the past where you succeeded at this. So you just have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself and do the best you can. And I treat my boys as though, and I know this sounds weird because they are, but as little people, a lot of people see their children as their children, but these are little men. These are, I'm raising these to one day be husbands and be fathers. And these are the, this is the type of boy that I want to raise. So I also need to emulate that in our household and how I conduct myself. And we may not have a mother and father household, which I never dreamed in my life I would be in that position but I have to make the best of it. So I have to show them mom's working hard to provide. But mom also homeschools. And we also do fun little trips. We, you know, we take road, Colorado into Florida. We do, there's a mixture of everything. And it's so hard to balance. And it took me a few years to really get that groove. And having a second child kind of makes it easier because now he has someone to play with when mom kind of needs a break. But you get there, you get there. And 
every stage is going to bring different trials and different tribulations and different things you have to navigate through. But you just have to trust yourself because you've done it this far. Everything that you've done, you've done this far. So you know you can do this too. Even when you doubt yourself, you have to stop and think, I have to be my biggest cheerleader. I have to be my biggest cheerleader because sometimes there's not going to be anybody cheering for you. There's not going to be someone saying, good job, good job, good job, because your kids don't necessarily know maybe you need that in the moment and you don't have a partner. So you just have to remember, you know what? I'm awesome. Look how far I've come. Look what I'm capable of. There's going to be dark days. There's going to be days where I think I, I can't do this. But guess what? You're doing it. So you know you can do it. You're already doing it. It's just you need to trust in yourself. Yes. And I tell people, Elizabeth, all the time that it's okay to have a sad day or a sad moment. We're human. That's part of nature, right? And so not every day is going to be sunshine and, and just glorious. So it's those darker moments where it's okay just to cry it out, but then you've got to pick yourself back up and be the best mom uh, that you can be uh, for your yes, child. You can't get stuck there. No, don't get stuck there at all. So let's talk about this nonprofit. I love it because you're helping other women as well. Yes. Uh, so my dream was to start a nonprofit to provide transitional housing for domestic abuse survivors that are single moms. And I wanted to provide financial assistance, tutoring, mentorship, kind of to help the whole woman rebuild. So when you go back out, you're not left at the bottom. What do I do? What You know, you have all these resources and all these skills now in a safe environment. So I spent about three years trying to get this nonprofit off the ground. I went to California twice. I've got booths at Women's Expos. I'm trying to spread the word and do fundraisers. And I learned it's very difficult to get a nonprofit going by yourself. So after I had invested a lot of money and time in that, I thought, how can I best use myself to help the community of survivors? So that's when I said, well, I'm going to start doing fundraisers for already established shelters. And that's what I put my effort to. So I've done Christmas fundraisers. I've had amazing companies donate, you know, panties and bras and shirts and everything for these women for Christmas. I did a Mother's Day fundraiser where I partnered with a local florist and they could call and say, I want to donate flowers to the mothers. And there was a set bouquet, a set price. And then I got to deliver all the flowers to the shelter on Mother's Day. So the mothers would all have flowers. So it's been really amazing that after hitting that ends for so many years trying to start my own nonprofit to actually be able to help the community and do good things for these women. And even if it's just, let's do a fundraiser of necessities, which I've done and, you know, soaps, deodorants, toothpaste, toothbrushes, because they always need that. And abuse survivors are kind of the forgotten bunch. They're kind of the group that still has that stigma because if you really think about it, everybody probably knows an abuser, but you don't want to really acknowledge that. So it's one of those taboo topics still that people don't talk about as much. People don't really want to discuss, well, maybe, you know, this person might have a little bit of, you know, verbal abuse towards them that I've witnessed. So you just kind of think it's not my business. It's not my marriage. It's not my relationship. So you still, you know, it, there's just that stigma that's not talked about. So I think if I can start the conversation, I'm not going to stop. It's been years of this and I've had so many doors slammed in my face. I've had so many fundraisers that were not successful. And I said, I'm not going to stop. God put this in my heart. And no matter what I do, I'm going to just keep spreading awareness and letting people know if you need to reach out, you can DM me, we can talk, we can, I'm here for you. I'm your survivor sister. And we are a community. I don't care what religion, what race, how old, how young, anything, we are a family and we have to stick together and be strong together and remind each other 
how strong we are when maybe other sisters aren't feeling that. So I want to be that for survivors. I just want to be that one that tells them, you got this girl, you got this, you can do it. <laughs> yes, and they can. Anyone listening today, you can do it. Elizabeth is also your survivor sister, like you just mentioned. Yes. And you also mentioned that people can direct message you. How can they follow you on social media? On social media, I'm on Instagram. And my name is Constantino underscore. And I'm not on Facebook. Um, I got off that a few years ago and I'm not really on Twitter. So Instagram is definitely the best route to reach me. Or you can send me an email, elizabeth.constantino at yahoo.com. I keep it easy. I just use my name. <laughs> Good. I'm easy to find. <laughs> Remember. Well, all of the women out there, if you need anyone to talk to, don't feel like you're alone. There's always someone who will lend you a helping hand, a shoulder to cry on. I'm here. Elizabeth is here. And of course, uh, you can follow her on Instagram, send her an email like she just mentioned. And you can also follow me on Instagram as well. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Congratulations on turning your life around, getting out of this difficult situation and just being the best you can, not only for yourself, but for your children. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. And yes, you can do it. You got this. And if anyone needs to talk, please reach out to me. I sincerely mean that we're in this together. We got this one life. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And honestly, please reach out if you ever need to talk. Thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you all for being here with us today uh, for the best day ever with Vanessa Broussard. We are uh, appreciative of all of our listeners and all of our watchers. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Best day ever with Vanessa Broussard. We have a new episode coming out every Monday. But in the meantime, if you need anything, feel free to reach me on social media. And also my email address is vanessabroussard1 at gmail.com. I hope you all have the best day ever.